All right. Hi, Katie, I love you. Oh, shit. That is actually on recording. Your feet smell wonderful. No. We did actually begin recording the next episode already. That is the very first thing that Good we'll night. hear. Good night, Katie. I love you. <laughs> If you edit that out, I'm unsubscribing. (laughs) (laughs) This is Three Shots In. Here we are with part two of Funeral Traditions, taking an additional shot because we absolutely must for the show to go on. This is me, this is Hanzo, this is Jessica, and this is Lyle, and this is shot four. Oh, Jesus, fuck. That is so sad. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up too, Lyle. not good. (laughs) Oh, my God. My mouth is watering. (laughs) He gets near vomiting every time. Oh, my God. It's, It's like watching a puppy. Succumb to Parvo. He's fucking <laughs> ruined. Hi. It's Jess. <laughs> what she meant to say was it's Jess from Three Shots In. That's what you're listening to. <laughs> this is Three Shots In, and that over there is Jake. I, I am Jake, and we are joined uh, once again. <laughs> By Lyle and Hanzo. Lyle, please introduce yourself. Say hi. Hello, I'm a fanny from Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> and Hanzo. You're getting hefty. You're getting hefty amongst the ties. <laughs> All right, he's a he's a mountain man from from Ireland. From those those damn goddamn Appalachians. Yeah, I, I will kill you. <laughs> well, all right. This is the second part of our funeral traditions and rituals episode. Do I, do I get to tell my story about... You, my, you, do. you do. You I just get, gotta wait. I get to tell mine as well. Yeah. I didn't get to say mine last time. Yeah. You neglected in- to remember that, huh? Yeah. Any who's it's number one, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Number two, we're still drinking on these Shiner Box. We've got Shiner Box. We took shots of this Abasolo El Whiskey de Mexico. We did. I didn't care for it. Neither did you, but oh, no. you know, Hanzo really liked it. Yeah, Hanzo, pour like yourself it. another one since you love it so much. Thank you, Will. I don't think I can hear about Aunt Jemima's funeral unless you're, you're more will drunk. drink liquid plumber and like it. <laughs> yeah, keep it up. <laughs> oh, sh- shut up. He does like it. I do like it. It's awful. I wish you were here to smell it. It's like tequila took a dump in like some really it's, bad it's like low grade it, it's whiskey. A, it's a very nice uh, blended uh, Mexican whiskey. Like a, what is it? Uh, blue. I don't know. Are you going to start talking about mid Fuck you. Shut up. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> Well, since we're moving on, the topic, once again, is funeral traditions and rituals. By the time this episode comes out, it honestly, it's what? It's October. It's November by now. I have no idea. I really don't know. We're really ahead. We're really on top of this shit. (laughs) We're recording episodes so much, so fast, so fast. We don't have time to edit. We are recording them. Yes. Yeah. 
So by the time this comes out, who knows? Um, what were we saying? <laughs> oh, the wheel spin. Wheel time spin is number one. Let's here spin we go. the wheel. Lyle. Spoiler, it's, no, 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 no. Lyle is here virtually. I know, but in, oh. in spirit. Robert on a fucking bridge of my goddamn nose. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, I got this. Can you, can you reach the, the anchor? Where I come from, that shit fucking pisses you off. That's fighting shit. What the hell did y'all do to him? Shut the fuck up, fat ass. I'm sorry, Lyle. I didn't mean that. I love you. Uh, his his microphone. I, I just had a fucking piece of steel cross me about the bridge of the fucking nose. Here, trade places with me. His, his microphone. It pushed his face. God damn it, made me mad. <laughs> He's so upset. Jesus God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God damn it pissed me off when that some bitch hit me on the fucking <laughs> I'm so sorry. It ain't your fault. <laughs> no, I'm fucking ignorant. Uh, honestly though, I'm I am a little ignorant. I'm from back in the fucking woods and goddamn something hits me on the fucking nose, I get stupid acting. <laughs> I, I, I go to fucking chucking possums, honey. I, I do it. Well, anyway. Oh, any who's it's. Did we even get into the wheel spin on us? Did we spin it? No, you were about to spin it, and then somebody punched Hanzo in the nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who, who could forget? This goddamn metal torture chamber you wouldn't believe what I mean where I come from that pisses people off you goddamn right it does I, I, <laughs> okay here we go it is time for the wheel spin well Jessica you landed on a good one you can only drink one alcoholic beverage for the rest of your life what is that beverage? We're going to start with Hanzo. One. You can only drink one. Oh, whiskey. That's easy. Name your brand. You can only drink one. Evan period. Williams. Evan Williams whiskey. That's what you choose for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's disgusting. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. You, you hate everything. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> You'll drink something you claim to love, which is Reposado Golden Tequila. You'll still complain. Ew! Don't drink it from the bottle! Ugh! <laughs> Fucking piss! Swill! Ew! Shame on you! <laughs> Disgusting. Do it again. No! He's gonna get even more belligerent. He's gonna get angry at, like, the table for, like, slamming his knee or something. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see it, Lyle, but he just That's licked his stuff. lips. Really sexually. He, he does get belligerent. I was playing him in chess. I kept whipping his ass, and he finally just took the pieces uh, and threw him against the wall. We'll find it later. You drunkard. <laughs> Hanzo named his alcohol. Yeah. His alcoholic beverage uh -huh. of choice for the rest of his life. What's yeah, yours, yeah. Jess? Um, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say a Moscow Mule. Oh. Crisp. That ginger beer. Cold. With the, the copper mug. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Just a little spritz that's, of lime, just a little citrus pretty, in there. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's really pretty, crisp, pretty good. Crisp, clean, really nice. That would have been mine, but since you took it, I will name a different one. Okay. We are going to go with a gin ricky. That's a good one. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's gin, club soda, lime, and a little, little spritz of a, what's it called? Simple syrup. And it's a gimlet when you take the soda out yes. of it. Yes. Okay. So when so, it's. So, <laughs> Lyle. Yeah. You're up next. I'm going to go with the uh, that I've been drinking since I was two years old, and that's a hot toddy. A hot toddy. I don't think I've ever had a hot toddy. No, you haven't. <laughs> it's very good, actually. It's been, kind of like a cider. It's equal parts uh, whiskey, honey, and lemon juice, and you just heat it up on the stove. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's more of a, a holiday sort of drink. That sounds hick as fuck. Is it in no, fact? Oh, hick as fuck. Let's just use the term hick as fuck to mean anything inferior. Yeah. That is just no shit. fucking great. Yeah. It yep. cures a sore throat. It cures a cough. It uh, It's a wonder oh, drug, it, man. That cures fucking incest. You don't want to <laughs> fuck your goddamn sister up that anymore. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Well, you know what? What? I think we all answered. We did. We did all answer. Uh, hey, Jess. Yeah. You and Hanzo are up for this story, for this uh, this episode. Who wants to go first? Hanzo, why don't you tell us about that ant? Oh, my God. So, my grandmother was uh, one of eight different grandchildren. All right. And none of them got along. They all hated each other. Okay. Except for two. Jimmy Ray and my great aunt Iris, they love one another so much. Oh, yes, she's she's the only one that gets along with him, and he gets along with her. And, and out of all eight of them, they're the only two that got along good. My poor old granny, she was a wall-eyed fucking, I mean, she was bad off. And she was, there was eight of them, and they was all fucking stupid. (laughs) My great-aunt Iris was a very ornate woman. I mean, stiletto heels, these these fake pearl rings, and uh, she had the hair that grew all the way down to the floor and trailed behind her. Very ornate. A Venus. Yes, very much so. So Jimmy Ray died finally of a heart attack, and thank God for it. Fuck him. He was a piece of shit. So we all went over to the Bryn Mawr funeral home in Galax, and we were all sitting there, you know, with, uh, with Jimmy Ray in the coffin, they're playing the music, you know, with the, uh, the God bless him, and he's so great. So Aunt Iris gets up in the middle of this whole deal and stands up in the fucking coffin and starts stomping him. What? And, oh, my God. Uncle Jimmy Ray, he's laying there, and God is my witness. Strike me dead. Iris, this ornate beehive hairdo heaven 
she gets up in his fucking funeral throes in his goddamn uh, coffin and starts dancing around. Oh my god. And stomping. And he, after two or three minutes of that shit, flesh starts coming off of him. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Iris, no. And you're there, you know, you're there, a young man, impressionable. <laughs> How old were you, sir? I was about probably nine. <laughs> watching, Poor watching, boy. Yeah, watching Ain't Iris flick and flop her <laughs> stiletto shoes through a goddamn corpse. <laughs> I, I would like to approach the listeners of this show <laughs> and say, you know, if you're listening to this show and you wonder why the fuck I'm fucked, <laughs> if you want to fucking hear some shit, God damn. And it all started with Great Aunt Iris. No, that, that's fucking way on down the goddamn line, <laughs> son. It was horrible. My God. It, it was a bad deal. Terrible for a nine-year-old to see. That explains so much. It does. It explains so much. Wow. <laughs> Just poor Hanzo. Poor Hanzo. Yeah, poor Hanzo went through going up. <laughs> well, you know. Hold on, hold on. I haven't heard Lyle comment on this. Lyle. Just sitting here shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is only the, the flesh coming off sounds pretty normal. You ever heard a skin slip? Yeah, huh? Disgusting. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what happened along with those stilettos. But I've he's only... got stories. Have him tell you after the show about when his dad just about <laughs> set fire to the whole town. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, well, Jessica. Yes. I believe it's time for your story. And so thank you for that. I will never forget great aunt Iris and I never knew her. So my funeral tradition or ritual that I looked up. And I've got more to share, but I just wanted to stay on point because I get on Jacob's case when he doesn't. But most of what I've got to say has nothing to do with funeral tradition. You piece of shit. You piece of shit. You give me some goddamn shit every single time I stray from from the topic. Uh Uh-huh. And here you are straying. Nuh-uh. Here we go. The funeral tradition or ritual of sati. A banned funeral custom in India. Want to know what it is? Because I know you don't know. What it is. What is it? It is when a woman performs the act of immolating herself after her husband dies. What does that mean? Immolating? Yeah. Setting herself afire. Oh, goddamn. She sets herself aflame so that she can follow her husband to the afterlife and maintain her honor. That's some Game of Thrones shit. Because if she was husbandless, she would be also honorless. Right. That's how that used to work. Now, there's a, some speculation about where this began. You know, Hinduism and the many Hindu gods and all that. Rather than go into that, though, I'll just fast forward. According to ancient Hindu customs, it actually symbolizes the closure of marriage. It's honorable. It's beautiful, even. Right. Death do us part. We're exactly. going to both die. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now... It was largely voluntary. Women didn't used to have to be forced. <laughs> and what by that, I mean, eventually they did 
have they to be eventually forced, had to be forced yeah forced to do it burn bitch <laughs> <laughs> it was voluntary it was just you know being a dutiful wife she would follow her husband to the afterlife and uh, would be it would be considered the greatest form of devotion that a wife could ever offer to her husband who had deceased since right with time of course as i mentioned it did become a forced practice women did not wish to die <laughs> did not wish to be burned alive I know that's hard to wrap your head around. Traditionally, a widow had no role to play in society, and so she was considered a burden. And it would, okay. be, it would be considered a, a relief upon the people around her that she just fucking died. Jesus Christ. And so she would willingly throw herself upon flames, you know, to avoid that kind of embarrassment. Right. I'd hate to be embarrassed. I'd I, rather be a, a flame. Same here, man. Now, of course, this didn't count for women who had children who could actually financially support her. But if you were just, you know, some some widow with no kids, mm. I mean, die. What are you? Burn. Really? <laughs> Burn. Absolutely. So this was banned off and on over the course of the centuries. Okay. Some people were like, hmm, that seems a little extreme. I'm going to ban it. And then eventually it would become unbanned because someone disagreed and then, you know, just time went on, you know. People fluctuated in opinion. It was it was unshunned and reshunned. <laughs> it was in opinion, you know. Certain authority had some differing opinions. Um, eventually, it did become banned and stay that way up to today. Okay, so today it's banned. Yes. However, that did not stop women from trying to commit sati anyway. Oh, illegally sati. Illegally, cases as re- as recent four recorded. That we would know that we know of with between the years 2000 and 2015 damn that's that's the way i'll probably saw it on live leak (laughs) (laughs) i've seen a lot of burning indians on those like gore channels i'm sure i've seen it (laughs) we have to cut that now (laughs) what what do you mean what you can't talk about burning indians i wasn't saying anything bad i'm just saying i've seen a lot of videos of indians on fire (laughs) and now it makes a lot more sense see now that you've clarified (laughs) because this was something people were trying to prevent for a really long time now what i've got to offer more of is some stories from the perspective of morticians and funeral directors and i think you'll be able to relate to those considering your experience all right so i'm going to read these as they are because they are verbatim as okay. people sent in their own stories to the website uh the occult are you ready i have no idea i'm ready so the walking dead is the title of the first story and it says my husband used to work at a morgue and the stories he'd come home with were something else i've heard from others in this field of odd experiences of bodies sitting up presumably from tightening muscles, and one account of a dead man walking partway down a hall before collapsing. My husband said that he stepped away after setting the body out for cleaning and autopsy, came back and saw that the body was gone, the table was empty, and he was alone in the middle of the night, and he thought he'd gone crazy until he saw the body had collapsed in the hallway. I was fucking disgusted by that story. I thought that was gross as hell. (laughs) <laughs> and I would never fucking want to be a mortician ever in my life. Mm-mm. Not curious whatsoever. Not even before that story, but then I heard that and I was like, yeah, no, for sure, no, now. Absolutely never. <laughs> never, ever would I ever. Next one. I used to work in tissue recovery. 
My least favorite part was prepping a donor for recovery, as it included shaving their arms and legs. Once we had a donor who was very freshly deceased. I held his hand to shave his arm, and his fingers curled around my hand as rigor mortis set in. Damn. Exceptionally creepy. It doesn't happen that fast, does it? Apparently so. This is from someone who doesn't. I, th- I thought it took fucking hours. It may. Well, so what? He's just gripping this bitch's hand for hours until. I don't it- know. Are they embalming them first before they shave them? Are they shaving them and then embalming them? Or is he I- shaving have- them and then ho- and holding their hands? I the would whole have time? no idea. <laughs> this is this is just a creepy mortician. There is no other way to put it. Next, you may not expect it, but the dead make sounds. If corpses have a lung full of air, then moving them causes it to release. So when the air travels through their throat, they get some minor vocalization, but usually it's just a liquidy gurgle. That's fucking nasty. <laughs> this person says, it still gets me sometimes, though, if I'm working alone. That's fucking nasty. <laughs> it's really gross. Someone else says, I'm a nurse. And the only place I've ever seen the lights flicker is just outside the morgue. They're usually fine, almost all the time, but when we bring a body down, the lights always flicker. And it really creeps me out. See- Fuck this job! Yeah, I would never absolutely, do this! Absolutely, absolutely fuck that job. Absolutely. No, I've had shit like that happen. Ugh. It's just not okay. No. Alright, next up. Quote, My neighbor a while back, before I moved, was a mortician. And one night he had a body he was preparing for a very early morning wake or service. Whatever was going on, it was unusual, and it required him to work into the wee hours of the morning on this particular corpse. So as he's working on it, he turned his back to grab some tools or supplies, and the angle he was standing at with regard to the corpse left the body visible just out the corner of his eye. As he's looking down at whatever tools he's getting, in the corner of his eye, he sees the body slowly start to sit up. Uh Uh-uh. His, his fight or flight instinct immediately kicked in, and he ran so fast up the stairs, he tripped and clumsily clawed his way, crawling all the way to the top. And as he reached near the top, his senses finally came back and he knew rigor mortis had simply set in. He collected himself and started to laugh at how absurd it all was. He'd been doing this at this point for about 15 to 20 years. Jesus. And he had never freaked out quite like that before. Instinct completely took over knowledge and experience. I fucking get that. No shit, man. I saw a dead fucking body sitting up in the bed. Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. This one is just funny. It says, we had a dead clown one time. <laughs> oh, God. This person was buried in full clown costume with makeup and all at the family's request. And at the family's request, the funeral directors also had to dress up as clowns. Oh my god. So they supplied costumes and they did our makeup for us. Family and friends all had one solitary teardrop painted near their eyes. That's the worst thing you've read. (laughs) (laughs) Of all of that. I I had people, uh, when I would cremate somebody, one of their family members would request to uh, come in and be the one to like push the button. Oh my god. Ew. That was the closure for them, so. I guess. I mean, that makes... (laughs) It'll be funny. Huh? If he had loaded in a different body. (laughs) (laughs) And then pressed the button for it. We talked about that at one point. It was someone's grandpa had been sent in to be cremated. No, he'd been sent in because they wanted an open coffin funeral. Awake. So that they could all see him for the last time. And they mixed up, the funeral home mixed up which old man was their old man, cremated him, 
and put someone else's grandpa in their grandpa's coffin. <laughs> oh, man. And then they were like, hey, this isn't my fucking grandpa, but you dressed him in my grandpa's clothes and put his wedding ring on him. And they were like, we don't know what you're talking about. Prove it. (laughs) 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 Moving on. The next story. Back in med school, during an internship at the coroner's, I saw a case when a man in his late 50s was found dead at home. Although under quite peculiar circumstances, his body was found standing, completely standing, in the bedroom, one leg raised and resting on his bed, basically as if he was in in the middle of climbing onto his bed and suddenly died. Further examination led to a severe heart attack as the most likely cause of death. However, no evidence of someone moving the body post-mortem could be found. The conclusion was that either someone would have had to find him quite early after he had died and basically held his corpse for hours until it became stiff enough to stand on its own, or more likely, that his death was so sudden that it happened just in the right moment that his body would be perfectly balanced and not fall over. Fucking crazy. I would have shot that motherfucker. (laughs) Isn't that insane? It's disgusting. It's a good thing that Hans is basically asleep now because now it gets supernatural and he can't be, you know, cynical about it. (laughs) This one's called The Sound of Sobbing. My first experience at work was when I first started my embalming career. I had just started my shift and was using a restroom in the back. And when I came out, I heard what sounded like a female sobbing and the sound of feet shuffling around on the floor. The floor was kind of gravelly. It had a distinct sound if you scooted your feet on it. And the sound was coming from around the corner that led into a small room where we would store embalmed bodies ready to be delivered to their respective funeral home. I figured someone was upset, crying, mourning someone who they'd just lost. So I snuck in still hearing the sobbing. And when I peeked around the corner, the room was empty, no living person in there. I noticed that there was only one body in there as well, a young girl. She had shot herself in the side of the head and I wasn't scared per se, but I'm pretty sure you could hear my heart beating. God damn. Mm -mm. I don't even know what you do. Like, why would you go back to work after that? No, that's what you do is you, you stop. Working there. You quit. Doing that. On the spot. Just Going back to that guy who had his foot up on the bed. Yeah. His leg. All I could think of, man, I would love to dress him up like he was on a safari. <laughs> and give or him like an elephant gun. put like a flag in his hand like he just just staked his claim on the bed he was he, climbing. Yeah, like the bed was like an elephant he just shot. <laughs> you know, he's got his pith helmet and his little monocle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a few more stories kind of just get creepier. This has not been the creepiest. I mean, so I've far. been saying fuck that for the past like six stories. I understand. So. Yeah. My brother is a mortician at a facility in New York. One night I was visiting and he asked if I wanted to go to work with him so I wouldn't be alone in his house. I said yes, but I was reluctant. And I just thought to myself, what's the worst that could happen? There's nobody else in there but me and him. To start off with, this place was creepy as hell. It was dark. It stunk. And he said it was normal. I was probably just smelling the formaldehyde. Mm. So I ignored it, comforted by what he said. After a little time off chit-chatting and catching up, he told me he really needed to get to work now and that I could stay in a little adjoined office and watch some TV. And that's what I did. The entrance to the morgue had swinging doors that you could hear when someone was coming in or out of them. And he came to check on me a few times so I could hear the doors every time. 
After a few hours of being by myself, I started to doze off when the sudden sound of the doors woke me up. I thought I'd see my brother again, walking in to greet me, but there was nothing. Again, I started to fall asleep, kind of ignored it, and then I was startled once more by the doors loudly swinging open. You couldn't tell if someone was coming in or out, but they just kept on swinging, nonstop. Thinking my brother was playing some kind of prank on me, I got up, I went to tell him to quit it, but to my surprise, I just saw this little girl standing there. She was playing uh-huh. playing with the doors. Game over. Pushing them open. Game over. Yeah, yeah. I said, hi, and she looked up at me. She didn't say anything. One of the things that caught my eye was that she was dressed really nicely. Pretty blue dress, a pink ribbon in her hair. And so I told her, your dress is really pretty. Again, she said nothing. She looked down, and then she just ran off in the opposite direction. Some lonesome hall. I have no idea. Didn't know the layout of this place. I thought she must have come in with her mom or something. So I went back to my chair, fucking ignored it, and I went back to sleep. Absolutely not. (laughs) As her brother was fucking putting the makeup on some little fucking girl. Hours later, my brother's shift had ended. He woke me up in the chair and said we were going to head back to his place. We're driving. And so I start telling him about that weird experience I had with the doors. This little girl creeped the fuck out of me. He looks at me and he says (laughs) that I had basically described the body he was performing in an autopsy on that night. Disgusting. Disgusting. My blood ran cold and I've never been to his work with him ever again. No shit. <laughs> Why the fuck you went in the first place, I don't know. Right. Yep. That's creepy. Ghost children are so much creepier than adult ghosts. Oh, I know. Because it's so unnatural. Yeah. This one got me. I was reading this last night. I really don't know why it freaked me out. I ended up with goosebumps and I had to go out and like sit with Terry for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here it goes. It's called Help. And it says, At night, obviously, being a mortician, it can be a little creepy when you have to go into the morgue. One night, myself and a co-worker were taking someone down to the morgue. And let me explain the layout. Our morgue is a... It's basically a little freezer box. It's in the basement. It smells terrible. Plus, it has a ramp to get into it. So she and I, we wheel the body down there, push the body up the ramp. We argue over who's going to push the body all the way in. Of course, I lose. So I swing the freezer door open, push in the body. I slam the door shut. We start filling out our paperwork so we can get out of there. At some point, we both look up at each other. She says to me, did you hear that? Nope. And I tell her, yeah, I I think so. We both look at the doors to the freezer. I got chills. My hairs are standing up on end on my arm. It sounded like someone was crying in there. Nope. Nope. We didn't investigate. We got our stuff and we left. (laughs) see but that's like that's so fucked up to me because it's like what if what if the doctors made a mistake someone who was pronounced dead wasn't actually dead what if what if not my problem someone is alive in there not my problem not my problem (laughs) absolutely she'll be dead soon enough that's so messed up lyle heard a body crying you know what he did he clicked the ignite button not my my problem (laughs) they're done forget about it Anyway, she says, days later, I was telling one of my friends about what we experienced. She was also a nurse on that floor. And she tells me she's had many similar experiences in that particular morgue. And to this day, I will not go there alone. And I try to get out of there as fast as possible. Well, here with her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look who decided to join us. Shut up, you fucking... Oh, my... Badass. Yeah. (laughs) Full-seated... (laughs) Fuck. 
So I was already creeped out by that one. That's kind of what like prompted me not wanting to read these anymore. But I just kept going because it was like the second good article I'd found. And I'd been looking for a while. So I just stuck with it. This one's called Jacob. Why? Why is it called Jacob? This happened to me in a period of about a month or so. One of the hardest things I've had to do in my line of duty is letting family members in to identify the bodies. One particular day, I'd let some parents come in to identify their son who'd passed away in a car crash. Their daughter waiting was waiting outside. The mother couldn't handle the pain. She broke down. I suggested to her daughter to take her to the bathroom, maybe collect herself. Not even five, five minutes later, they both come back and they tell me they heard that young man's voice in the bathroom. I didn't know what to say. I just told them it was the trauma of it all. He had just passed. So a few days after the incident, I stayed in my office past midnight. The light started to flicker. I ignored it. That happens sometimes. I kept working. And then I hear fairly loudly, help me. Ugh. Coming nope. from one of the freezers. Nope. That's when you clock out. It was the same freezer I'd put that young man in a few days ago. Mm -mm. Help me. I heard again. I'm Jacob, the voice said. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. I was astonished. I knew that drawer was empty. He'd been gone for a while. Didn't think I'd find anything in there. I decided to look anyway. I opened the freezer, just like I thought. Nothing inside. I blamed it on my lack of sleep. Been working pretty hard. I went back to work. Nothing happened the rest of the night. Until the next night. I went to the men's room. That's across the hall from the morgue. And while I was going to the bathroom, this loud shriek echoes from inside. Yet again, I hear, help me, I'm Jacob. I run out of that stall as fast as I possibly could. There's nothing fucking in there. This motherfucker, he was in the middle of a shit. <laughs> and this asshole ghost <laughs> screams, I'm Jacob, help me, you piece of shit. <laughs> he doesn't even wipe. He gets up and he sprints out of that stall. What does he find? Nothing. You know what you know what you know what you would find? That was me? That your asshole is dirty for you'd no find, reason? You'd find a letter of resignation. That's <laughs> all you'd find. <laughs> Absolutely not. So he says, nothing was in there. It was just me and my dirty asshole. I added that part. He didn't actually say that. Thank but you. I think I know. <laughs> so till this day, he says, I wonder what would have happened if I would have asked him what it was he needed help with. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, of course. It's so funny. There's only one left on this list. Okay. And then I'll be done. It's called Oops, Wrong Arm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it says, at times, your imagination goes a little wild, especially if this is your first year working at a morgue. And here's my experience. Sure. Just like any other person, I enjoy horror movies. But I never thought of them as being real, especially when it comes to the supernatural and stuff. Never believed in that. There had been a big accident somewhere nearby. I lived in a pretty small town, and it was the third month I'd been working. So, being one of the newbies, I had something to prove. It turned out it was a pileup, and there were several bodies. Yikes. They all came into the morgue at once. Since, one of, since some of them came in in pieces, we had to kind of puzzle them together. You gotta reassemble. Right. He said, I don't want to get too morbid. I'll skip most of that. After a long while of trying to figure things out, some of the other guys decided it was time to take a break. I decided I was going to stay. Once again, I had something I wanted to prove. I kept working, and I thought I'd seen a forearm with a tattoo on it twitch. Not a big deal. I'd been warned about that. 
I thought to myself that it was my imagination. I kept working. Next thing I know, I saw it move again. I decided to hell with it. I stared at it for a while, and it didn't move again, so I got back to work. I thought I was being silly. I was psyching myself out. Then I saw it move a third time. That specific part. None of the others. It really did move this time. I was watching it. And right there in front of my eyes. My coworkers happened to bust through the doors just as I saw it. I didn't say anything. Sometime later, one of them approached me and told me, Hey man, you got that wrong. What did I get wrong? He said, that piece. That arm doesn't belong to that body. And he pointed, he said, this forearm. It goes over there. And I realized I'd made a mistake. I'd put the wrong forearm to the wrong body. And I wonder to this day if it was them trying to tell me I'd made a mistake. See, now, I think I'd be a great mortician in that I don't give a shit that people are sad. Sure. Right? But any of this fucking creepy ass shit happens, I'm out. Dunskies. Yep. I will say one of them, one of the stories, I kind of skipped over it, but it had said that it was a mortician who had said they'd been doing it for a while and they'd just never run into this particular case. And it was the body of an infant being brought in, like under the age of one. Okay. And they had to perform an autopsy. And they were like, that particular that particular type of autopsy I'd been concerned about. Like, I wonder, I wonder how I'll handle that. So it happened, and they were like, worst case scenario. Kind of something I'd been hoping I didn't run into, the mother walked in. Yikes, in the middle of the autopsy? Oh. At least someone he assumed was the mother. She walked in, she was just beside herself, sobbing uncontrollably. He was trying to console her at first and then tried to guide her out of the out of the morgue. He'd been mid-autopsy, so this child is open. So that kind of happened, did what he could, eventually she leaves. And then a few minutes later, maybe an hour, they bring in the body of the mother because she died the same way the child had. It just took her body longer to get to the morgue. Yeah, pass. I would be quitting. I don't even know what I'd do. Mm-mm. How to react? How do you react in a situation you like don't. that? You don't. You don't. You print the letter of resignation that you wrote on your first day. You print it. You sign it. You date it. And you put that on a desk and you walk out. Crazy. And you set the damn building on fire. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? I love that. Yeah. You set the building on fire. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Out of all of those, the body getting up and walking down the hall and before collapsing, like it finally ran out of, I don't know juice yeah Mm-mm. that'd be i i don't even know what i would do with that that particularly got me like i know the supernatural aspect of it is really creepy but i think i could i could level with that that would make sense to me but a body just straight up getting up and walking i don't think i could handle no none oh, of i'm it. knocking i'm knocking that motherfucker out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying how yeah. crazy i just i it never never occurred to me like twitching makes sense like you know reflexive type stuff I'd always heard about, and that that sounded logical to me. But something like a body, a full 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 corpse standing and like taking steps down a hallway, I just mm-mm. yeah, no, I, I'm a full agreeance with Lyle here. You tackle that piece of shit, you throw him in the furnace, and you press ignite. <laughs> yeah, crazy. God, that's all I got. Well, Jessica, thanks for that creepy shit. Can't I wait, mean, can't wait to go home and sleep. <laughs> Can't wait. Speaking of which, Hanso's been asleep for a few minutes now, and I'm worried. Is he going to start oh. throwing punches and kicks? Oh, I don't way? know. We got a thumbs up, though. Oh, good. Well, there you go. I'm all finished up. We've got one more wheel spin, and then we've got to end this episode. Well, all right. 
Hanzo, if you're awake enough, do you think you could spin the wheel? Yeah. Reach on over. Where's the wheel? Grab it's right it. Here. Yep. Grab it you and got throw it. it. It's right there. You spin it. Spin it. Spin it. Spin it. Oh, there we go. Good spin. Damn, Good I didn't spin. know if you were going to be able to do it. I thought your drunk ass would not be able to. Here you are. Well, you landed on one of our weaker wheel spins. <laughs> what does it say? If you were pasta, <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of pasta would you be? <laughs> How about instead of deciding what pasta I'd be, I decide what pasta you'd be. Yeah, that would be great if we didn't have four people. No, I got here. it. No, I'm set. Okay. You'd be penne. It sounds the most like penis. <laughs> okay. I just have a, I don't know. You just, you have this like affinity uh-huh. for pastas in which sauce can be contained. I do. I know. I do. I know that. Um, and so I just, I say penne because you can fit the most sauce in those noodles. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, I think you're more like a, a rigatoni. Go ahead. Uh, because they're the fattest of the noodles. Interesting. And you're oh. fat. You're like right. a horse. <laughs> you're like a fat horse that drank too much water. Uh, you're just stealing jokes now. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Unoriginal. Rigatoni. Low hanging fruit. That's uh, yep. <laughs> Call me a connoisseur of the low hanging fruit. I don't care. Hanzo <laughs> would be, uh, what type of pasta is in lasagna? Your I think it's dick. called... <laughs> nope, I don't believe it's called your mom's dick. I believe it is called lasagna. <laughs> okay, well, he would be lasagna uh, because he just lays there useless and forgotten about. Very, very, bunch, very flat. Yeah, with a bunch of shit covering him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's all I got. Just I can't even think anymore. Just smothered in meat. Covered in soft cheese. <laughs> he's, he's not circumcised. <laughs> Well, Hanso, what kind of pasta is Lyle? <laughs> ah, <Hey>. fagatini. <laughs> fagatini, why? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. We're looking we're looking for macaroni. We're looking for elbow. <laughs> we're looking for shell, maybe. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> He's toast. He's fucking toast. Maybe, maybe a little pente. <laughs> <laughs> well, damn. I think we've done it. We we done did it, Jessica. We done did it. We reach reached the end. And you too have reached the end, listener. Thank you. We love you. Go ahead and like, rate, and subscribe to us because you love us as well. Yeah. And we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to email us, you can send us hate mail. You can send us loving mail. Well, Jessica, where can they send that to? They can send that to fanmail at threeshotsin.com. And if you enjoyed what you heard and you'd like to support us further, help us pay off this uh, recording equipment and, you know, further furnish our studio. Oh, that's true. Our fancy new studio. You can do so by subscribing at threeshotsin.com. That'll take you to our Patreon page. And we'd love to have you. We offer some extra stuff there. Uh, We will see you next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Three Shots In. Thank you, Hanzo, and thank you, Lyle. It was my pleasure. <laughs> and Hanzo's gone. You know, he's yeah. fucking gone. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little drunk. He's a little he's, junky poo. He's, he's, he's feeling it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye.